0: In this session, we're looking at El Elyon and El Shaddai. Both emphasize God's ability to overrule what appears to be overruling you. When it looks like all hope is gone, El Elyon and El Shaddai step in and they reverse the situation. El Elyon, the Most High God, when God allowed Abraham with 318 men overcome a whole slew of armies, that had lined up against him and had actually taken his relatives off into captivity, and he recaptured what was taken from him. And then El Shaddai, God Almighty. El Shaddai shows up when things have demonstrated them to be impossible. It looks like there's no solution. He becomes like the Supreme Court. He overrules the lower courts, and he makes the final call. El Shaddai, El Elyon, names you don't wanna live without. God's names, they're designed to show you bits and pieces of God's inexhaustible character. He loves to reveal himself to us in the reality of the circumstances of life. When life throws a curveball, look for his name, because he's got a name for every situation. We're looking at some of the key names for God in Scripture. One of God's core names, the first name we learn about is Elohim. El means strong one. And two names that come off of that are El Elyon and El Shaddai. Those are names of God that reveal his ability to rule and to overrule the circumstances of life that you find yourself in. It was August the 5th, 2010, when 33 Chilean miners fell into a pit. There was a collapse 2,000 feet down, and they found themselves in a situation they couldn't get themselves out of. You've been there before in a pit, in a hole. Things got dug so deep, and things were so dark, you didn't see any way out of it. They were, from their perspective, in a hopeless situation. And life gets that way sometimes, where you need God to overrule the dark place that you find yourself in. That was their situation. But you don't have to live in Chile or be a minor to be in a hole. You can be there in a financial hole or a relational hole or You can be there in an employment hole or a health situation, and it just doesn't look good. God's got a name for that. It's called El Elyon. It is the most high God who sits above your situation and who has the power to overrule what your situation is dictating to you. We find this name given to us in Genesis chapter 14. In Genesis chapter 14, there's a battle going on of armies who are in conflict. And as part of the battle, they come and do pillage and do pillage. And in their pillaging, they take away as a fugitive, Lot, verse 12. They also took Lot, Abraham's nephew, and his possessions and departed for he was living in Sodom." And so Abraham's nephew gets caught up in this battle and he's taken as a POW. In other words, he's being held hostage by the enemy. You ever been held hostage? Something that's holding you and you can't break loose is treating you like a slave. Maybe it's an addiction that's holding you hostage. Maybe it's a a pain of the past that you can't shake, and it just won't let you go. Well, that's the situation that Lot finds himself in. When Abraham finds out what has happened to his relative Lot, when he hears about it, verse 14, he heard about his relative had been taken captive. He let out the trained men born in his house, 318, and went in pursuit as far as Dan. He divided the forces. He and his servants, he defeated them, pursued them, brought back, verse 16, all the goods and all that was taken away, his relative Lot with his possessions and also the women and the people. Now, these are armies that are fighting. But Abraham takes 318 men and overcomes armies to get back what the enemy has stolen. Now, I don't know what the devil has taken from you. I don't know if he's robbed you of your peace. I don't know if he's robbed you of your possessions. I don't know if he's ripped off your children so that you wonder how they could be going the way they're going in light of how you raise them. I don't know if he's ripped off your contentment. I don't know what he stole. I do know that there's a name for God that can overrule what the enemy has taken away. So they come to the place when they return in verse 17, that the king of Sodom goes out to meet with Abraham. But also Melchizedek, verse 18, the king of Salem brought out bread and wine. Now he was a priest of God most high, that's El Elyon. He blessed him and said, blessed be Abraham of God, here it is, most high, possessor of heaven and earth. He blessed and blessed be God most high. He's El Elyon, who delivered your enemies into your hand. He gave him a tenth of all. The king of Sodom said to Abraham, give the people to me and take the goods for yourself. Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have sworn to the Lord God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. I will not take a thread or a sandal for fear. You would say I have made Abraham rich. Oh, I love this story. Melchizedek, Jesus is after the order of Melchizedek says, Abraham, you were delivered by the God Most High. The God Most High, like the Supreme Court, gave the final ruling. Now, there are lower courts in our legal system, and they may give a ruling. But if the case is heard in the Supreme Court, they can overrule the lower courts because legally they have the final say. Now, I don't know what the court of opinion is saying about your situation. I don't know what the doctor is saying about your situation. Don't know what the friends are saying about the situation. fact is, I don't know what you are saying about your situation. (laughs) But the question is, has the Supreme Court ruled? Has the God most high had a word about your situation? Because until God gives the final word, you've not heard the last word. So don't give up no matter what it looks like the enemy has robbed you of just because of what you see with your two eyes. If all you see is what you see, you do not see all there is to be seen. If all you see is what you see, you do not see all there is to be seen. Because until God says so, you've not heard the Supreme Court rule. I love this. Because Melchizedek says we're going to give God the credit. But let me introduce the king of Sodom. The king of Sodom comes to Abraham and he says, you've captured all this stuff back, Abraham, verse 21. You give me the people and you keep the stuff. Uh, Let's cut a deal. You never want to cut a deal with the devil. You never want to cut a deal. Uh, If you want to see God rule, You don't compromise with the enemy. The king of Sodom says, let's compromise the deal. Abraham said, it was the God most high that did this. So I will not compromise with you lest I have to give you some of the credit and take the credit from God. The reason why God doesn't want us to compromise is he doesn't want to share the glory. God doesn't want you to cut a deal with the devil, that is, those forces that are outside of the will of God because it looks more profitable, it looks safer, it looks it's going to work out. When you have the God most high, you don't need to compromise with the king of Sodom because God makes the final decision. He makes the final call. It was July eleventh, 1963, when George Wallace, governor of Alabama, stood in the doorway of the University of Alabama. And he said, we're not gonna let, at that time, these Negro students in. He said, segregation today and segregation forever. That they will come into this university over my dead body. He had his police force there. Bull Connors was there with the dogs to make sure that segregation was maintained and carried out because he said, I'm in charge here. This is my state. But way up north, (laughs) in Washington, D.C., in the executive office, Kennedy sent some U.S. Marshals down and said, uh, George Wallace, you may be governor of the state of Alabama, but we represent the President of the United States. So, Governor, you have two choices you can get out of the way on your own or uh, the United States government will move you out of the way because you have a say, you just don't have the last say. The governor moved out of the way. The university was integrated because while somebody with power had made a ruling, it was a lower court ruling because the White House had made the most high ruling. I don't care. If your boss is treating you wrong and he's made a ruling against you, you wanna hear what the God most high has to say. Because until heaven rules, you have actually not heard the final decision. The doctor may give his decision, but the most high may have a whole nother decision. And I've seen enough indications in my life and ministry where the doctor said one thing and God wind up saying something else. Well, the ball said one thing, but God wind up saying something else. It says he gave a tenth. He gave a tenth out of recognition that the God most high. That's where the tithe comes from. It comes from recognition that I only have one source, and that source is my God. I tell the folks who join our church when we talk about tithing, the situation where we would give a tenth of our income and I only made $350 a month. We would give a tenth of our, over a tenth, we'd give $50 a month. I had an old jalopy, a car. The neighbors knew when I came home (laughs) because it made such a loud noise. I needed a tune-up, but all I had was God's $50. I said, God, I'm going to trust you that if I put you first, because you have the final say-so, you're going to take care of my car. So rather than use the money for the tune-up, I didn't rob God. I gave him his $50. Three days later, my engine was on fire. I pulled off on the side of the road, had to call the fire truck. I was butt ticked at God. I said, I put you first and you set my car on fire. I was was upset at God. Now, I had insurance, but it was a $200 deductible. And I hadn't paid the deductible. They towed the car in, I came in the next day, and now they were fixing the car. I said, wait a minute, did the insurance company approve this? They said, yeah, we couldn't do it without their approval. But I said, how can they approve it when I did not paid the deductible? He showed me the paper. It said uh, $200 deductible, and then in small print, except for fire, no deductible. So I'm going to tell you right now, we had church up in that dealership. Because you never know how God's going to overrule. You never know how he's going to come through. But if you make your appeal to him, if you honor him, don't forget him and don't rob him, he can create a fire that becomes a blessing. So the God most high has the last say so. Those 33 Chilean uh, 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 miners had a phoenix come down, a little tube that they got in one by one that lifted them up to the top. And when they got up there, They bow their head to the ground and thank the living God. God knows how to build a phoenix because he knows you're 2,000 feet under. He knows how to dig a hole and get down there to you. He knows how to lift you up out of it. And when you get on solid ground, don't forget to get low and to do what Abraham did. Praise the Lord most high who has lifted you out of a deep, dark pit. But he has another name. He has another name just like it. It's called El Shaddai. El Shaddai has to do with God Almighty. It's the same concept of God's strength. It's found in Genesis chapter 17. Now, when Abraham, verse one, was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, I am God Almighty. That's El Shaddai. Walk before me. And be blameless, and I will establish my covenant between you and me. I will multiply you exceedingly. Abram fell on his face. God talked with him, saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you will be the father of a multitude of nations. In fact, he gives him a new name, Abraham, father of a multitude of nations. He starts off by telling them, you're 99 years old. You're not only old, you cold. Uh, Super Viagra can't help you (laughs) out And now going on 100 years old. He's been waiting his whole life to have a miracle. He's been waiting his whole life. In fact, he and Sarah come up with a plan outside of the will of God uh, to take Hagar to use the flesh to try to bring about the promise of God. God doesn't need you to have an illegitimate means to achieve his will. Why? Because he's got a name, El Shaddai. He is the Lord God Almighty. Many of us have created detours in our lives by going out on our own, independently of God, creating a mess that elongates our weight on his miracle. But I love chapter 17, because chapter 17 says, I have not changed i'm still going to do it the way i said i'm going to do it once you come around and let me do it my way but how are you going to do it god when abraham is 99 years old going on 100 he says you need to know my name i am the lord god almighty it's like mary who said i'm a virgin how is it possible For me to get pregnant after the angel of the Lord says that you are blessed and you're going to have a child. You know what God says? (laughs) There is nothing impossible for me. I know it doesn't make logic. I know it doesn't seem like it can work. But I am the Lord God Almighty. I'm El Shaddai. I can do stuff that you don't think I can do in ways that you don't think that I can do it. I am El Shaddai. When Job was going through his pain, and you read the book of Job, 31 out of the 48 times Job refers to God in the book of Job. He uses the name El Shaddai because he's in a dark place. He's in a pit. He's in a lot of pain. His friends can't help him. The doctors can't help him. His wife can't help him. His world is falling apart. So he doesn't just say, I need help from God. He says, I need help from El Shaddai. I need the almighty God like El Elyon to raise up and to bring me out of this bad situation. The root word for Shaddai is Shad. That root word is used in Isaiah 66 verse 11 of a woman's breast from which comes milk and nourishment from a, a, a child. So at the core of this concept of El Shaddai is not only God's ability to deliver you but God's ability to nourish you until deliverance comes. So, not only can El Shaddai come through a way that will bring you out, he can keep you going until he brings you out. He can provide you the milk, the nourishment, and the sustenance until final deliverance comes your way. It was amazed in the uh, Chilean miners that they said they kept looking to God in their hole and they found encouragement, even though they didn't know when deliverance was going to come because they didn't know what was happening up there in light of their situation down here. But God kept them encouraged and they kept encouraged one another. That's why the Bible says encourage one another in the Lord, because sometimes you have to wait for what God is going to do and God will nourish you. He'll nourish you by an encouraging word, a sermon, a person, a note. He will keep the milk flowing uh, until the deliverance comes. Why? Because his name is El Shaddai. And the beauty of El Shaddai is even if you messed up yesterday, he can get you back rerouted today because he hasn't changed his name, even though you've changed in the way you ought to go, even if that includes mistakes. The beautiful thing about this name is that your mistakes don't have to cancel out his power. Your mistakes do not have to cancel because he is the God who can come through. These names El Elyon and El Shaddai are used together in one of the great Psalms we all love, and that is Psalm 91. In Psalm 91, we read these precious, powerful, powerful words. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, El Elyon, he says, will abide in the shadow of the Almighty, El Shaddai. He brings both names together, El Elyon and El Shaddai. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that's Jehovah. I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my God in whom I trust, for it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. So I like this because you can have El and El Shaddai both cooperating and operating at the same time. He is the God who overrules, who's going to nourish you until your change come. You've heard folks say, I'm waiting for my change to come. So if your change has not come yet, if your deliverance has not come yet, If you're waiting for the Most High Supreme Court to give a final ruling on your situation, call on El Shaddai along the way to nourish you, encourage you, support you. Just do a little something, something that that lets you know I'm still there. I haven't forgotten you. I'm still working with you because if you dwell under the umbrella, under the shelter, under the covering of the Most High, he will keep you along because you're in the wings of El Shaddai. We had a situation some years ago when we got our first little A-frame building. They needed, the church that was there needed $200,000 because they were being able to relocate. They would love to sell it to us, but we had a problem. We didn't have $2,000. No bank would loan us the money because we were too young and too small. The pastor of the church who was selling said, we'll give you 30 days because we'd love to sell it to you before we advertise it. And we knew somebody would buy it simply because of its location. We went before God and said, God, we have no way to do this. We don't have the money. We don't have the support systems. We need you to come through and deliver us a place to meet in a permanent location. We had 30 days. I was talking to a friend of mine in North Dallas named Bob. Bob was in finance, we were just brainstorming, where could we get $2, $200,000 loan because nobody, no bank would loan us to us. We were too young, too small, and too broke. That's called the unholy trinity. <laughs> too young, too small, and too broke, okay? And we, we, we were brainstorming. As we were brainstorming with my friend named Bob, another man named Bob, Uh, past his office door. They knew each other. His name was Robert too. He passed by. They spoke. He kept going. I continued my conversation with my friend Bob. This new Bob is now standing at the door listening to my conversation. You know how irritating it is when somebody you didn't invite into your meeting is all up in your grill. He's standing at the door listening. He's not invited in since he's standing there by my friend Bob. Just sit in and listen to the conversation. I've never met this new Bob in my life. He starts asking me questions. Now I'm really irritated, but since I'm a minister, I can't tell him what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm really irritated, because he's distracting me from my conversation about where I'm gonna get this $200,000, a man I've never met before in my life. We keep talking, I answer his questions. Never met him before. After 45 minutes of Q and A, He takes out his checkbook and writes out a check for $200,000. I'd never met him before in my life. Now you can call that luck if you want to. You can call that chance if you want to. But we were in a desperate situation, in need of a location. We didn't have the money. The bank said no, but we knew somebody up there who handled our situation down here. And that was the beginning Of what god would expand to be 150 acres right here in oak cliff when god came out of nowhere and overruled our insufficiency with his sufficiency so when you know el el yon and el shaddai don't you give up don't you throw in the towel because until that court rules this court has not made the final say so